In order to drive a powerful community, in order to drive something valuable that you can grow and scale, it's not enough to just gather your clients, your happy clients, your detractor clients, those that are, are engaged with you. And the next step is supporting their goals. The B2B Marketing Exchange was created with one goal in mind, to help B2B practitioners across marketing and sales be better at their jobs. Now we're bringing the insights from the stage to your ears. These are the tips and tools you need to succeed. This is the B2B Marketing Exchange Podcast. Hey, everyone, and welcome back to the B2BMX Podcast. I'm Claudia. And I'm Alicia. And we've got another awesome session from this past B2BMX in Scottsdale on tap for you guys today. A little backstory, a few months before the event, ADP's Sarah Schreiner actually approached us with this specific topic, and we thought it was not only relevant for the pre-COVID era, (laughs) that's if anybody could even remember those days, but it is especially important and relevant for today. The session is called Powering Your Organization with Client Advocacy. And ADP actually developed and scaled an advocacy program that now includes more than 5,000 engaged clients. So we really felt the need to have her take the stage and share her insights and share that entire process with our audience. And she did not disappoint. Let's just say that. Yeah. And the reason why I love this session, Claudia, is that she really talked about how client advocates extend across all areas of the business. I think when we hear about client advocacy, it's largely like for marketing programs or marketing plays. So, oh, let's include like five of our most successful clients in an ebook or let's include them in webinars. But they really are taking a holistic approach to engaging and nurturing those client relationships and incorporating them into everything from, you know, business development, business strategy, through to product, sales, the whole nine. And I I really do think it's just a best-in-class example. Absolutely. And the key thing there is that they are constantly and consistently kind of leveraging advocate insights across all of these multiple business units. So everyone, please sit back, relax, and listen in on Sarah's insights. She's going to cover everything from how to get up and running with your advocacy program, how to communicate business value and impact across the organization. She even shares some really interesting tools that they're leveraging. So it's definitely a great session, and hopefully you all enjoy it. shared. I'm Sarah Schreiner. I'm with ADP. Um, I'm glad to see some of you in the audience like have some sort of concept of what client advocacy, advocate marketing is. Um, if you're one of those who don't yet have a program, and who in the audience, do you have at least one client who is engaged and interested in what you're doing as an organization? <laughs> at least one. Yeah, pretty much. Hopefully, if you didn't raise your hand, like, oh my god. But um, To me, that is your opportunity, and that's what I want to share a little bit more with you about today. And I ask engaged because an advocate doesn't necessarily mean happy. And I wanted to start today with a story about one of our clients named Nikki. We um, at ADP, we run technology for payroll, for human capital management, benefits, time, talent, uh, you name it. And Nikki had been a client of ours for quite some time. Uh, So long, in fact, that she was on uh, one of our legacy solutions. 
And we told her, where she kind of gets a little like sideways face, told her that it was time to migrate and move to a new solution. Now, any of us in the SaaS business or in a business where you use technology, you know migration like doesn't necessarily always go exactly right. And unfortunately, that was the case for this client. Uh, she went through a, a difficult migration, was uncomfortable with her new product, um, and again, was dealing with this responsibility of um, paying 3,500 people every two weeks, every month, every year. But what changed here for Nikki is we were able to bring her into our advocate community. We were able to connect her to our product team so she could tell our product team what she wanted to see different in her new solution. We were able to hear her feedback on our new client success model. We were able to get her to our conference where she could meet and greet other users of her new solution. And over time, she moved from being frustrated to being maybe a little more intrigued. Um, and now we're really happy to share that both she and her company are promoters of our organization and of this product that, like, quite frankly, she like, really didn't want to go to at first. And all of this occurred because of the engagement opportunities that we put in front of her as a client. And that's a, a, my whole story for you today and what I think that you can do as well. Um, as I shared, for context, ADP is a large organization. We pay one in six Americans, one in seven worldwide. So it's likely that between like, probably you guys at the tables, at least a third of you have seen ADP on your paycheck at one point or another. Um, we're a SaaS business. We sell technology, but we have a really unique service layer around it as well. So it's a complex solution. Um, and the clients that I work with in terms of advocacy are our large clients, so clients that have over 1,000 employees. Um, one of our missions as an organization for the next, being, you know, 2020 new vision, big vision, um, for the next five years is to dramatically improve the client experience. And that is an initiative that has come down from our CEO um, that everyone is focused on in one way or another. And why do we care about client experience? Well, number one, I think it's the right thing to do. Um, number two, there are huge financial implications to retaining and engaging your clients. You know, first one here, a 5% increase in retention leads to higher revenue. Hello, really important. C-suite cares about that. 80% of your future profits are going to come from 20% of your current clients. So, you know, as marketing professionals, many of us are looking outside of our client base. Who else can we find? Who, who can we target? But you are also sitting on this gold mine of clients um, who are interested potentially in expanding their relationship with you. So as we focus on dramatically improving the client experience, we started to think about what we were doing well and where our areas of opportunity were. Um, you've seen a lot of funnels this week, surely. Um, this is more of a pyramid, so a little different, same shape, a little different. Um, this is a model that we came up with on our strategy team for how we look at client engagement. We had some really good things in place for our executive decision makers. For us, those are CEOs, CHROs, um, leadership within our clients' companies. We're doing things like strategy summits, executive advisory boards, opportunities for them um, to engage with each other. 
We also have an influencer level at our clients. And maybe these are like mid-level management. Um, they definitely have some influence on the buying decision, but certainly aren't the person that are signing you know, the check that comes to us every month. Um, and we use product advisory councils. We have our annual event that really was targeted towards this base. But where we found we had a huge opportunity was our practitioner persona. And again, as a payroll organization, we work with people. You have them at your company, the person that's responsible um, for making sure that your paycheck arrives in your bank account, the taxes are right, uh, your company's not going to get in trouble for compliance regulations, um, that you've signed up for benefits. There are those uh, people at every company that are using our technology, but we didn't have a good way to engage them. And that is where um, our advocate community has really come in and really has made a big difference for us. And that's really, I want to show you today um, what we did and how you can do the same thing. So the first thing here, when you think about building an advocate community, think about finding who your advocates might be. And of course, you're like advocates, people that raise their hand at the beginning and um, worked with me there, you think about your referenceable clients, you think about the people that attend your events, the people that go to your webinars, like, yeah, they love us, they're here, they want to do more with us, they want to be engaged because they like what we're doing. Absolutely. I'd also challenge you to think about um, your product users, your power users, the folks that um, are in your technology more than the average person whether or not it's because they can't figure something out or because they love it, there's value there. So these are some usual places to start, but what has differentiated our community is we've also looked at the unusual place and we've opened advocate opportunities to every single client. So again, like Nikki, um, it, it's not only a community of happy clients. Because what we found is that if a client is engaged enough to join a product feedback session or to leave an online review even, which is like scary to open to detractors, but like it's something that you should do, um, it demonstrates that they are partnering with you, that they're engaged with you, that they want to see you grow, that they want to be with you for the next step, the next iteration. Um, Nikki at the beginning may have been a little bit stuck, um, but she joined us on the journey um, and was able to make a difference. And all of a sudden, this solution that she had to use became a solution that she was really part of in getting her voice heard. In order to drive um, a powerful community. In order to drive something valuable that you can grow and scale, it's not enough to just gather your clients, your happy clients, your detractor clients, those that are, are engaged with you. And the next step is supporting their goals. So again, we've heard it a hundred times this week, but knowing your persona, knowing what they want to accomplish, and remembering that they are people too. They have career goals, they have weekly goals, they have like a goal for our payroll managers that like no one's going to come and scream at them because their check was wrong this week. Um, so take the time as you build your population to really understand what is going to make them successful and then you can plug in information, content opportunities um, 
that will get them further along that journey. So this is what our community looks like. We do um, use Influitive, which is a vendor, um, and I see some nods. Um, this has provided with us a scaled opportunity for these advocates to engage with us. We're able to promote specific content to our advocates. They're able to do activities on our behalf, and we're able to do a lot of reporting on the back end in terms of what is really happening in terms of advocacy. Additionally, we do have a community component, and this is where we're offsetting service costs as well because clients can ask and answer each other's questions and really get to know each other here. I share the screenshots here. I do think um, technology can make a big difference in terms of scale, but as you're starting out, um, I do think there's also ways that you can be successful, prove out the concept before you have to do the big ask to make an investment in new tools. So after you have your base of clients, you kind of understand like what you're doing, who they are, what's valuable to them. The next thing that I want to really drive here is that um, this work, advocacy, advocate marketing, has value across your entire organization. This is not something that sits only in sales, only in marketing. Um, it can if you let it, but there's a lot more to it than that. For us, um, a huge way that we've built buy-in is by demonstrating wins over time that support tactical roles. So we support our client success team, we support our service team. Um, we're now partnering with seven divisions within our business to alleviate administrative effort, um, and help them reach their goals faster and more effectively. So each year, this is probably a conservative number, we're reducing you know, 9,000 hours of administrative effort from client success, who is a really important role for us, and our product team, who obviously needs to be really hard at work on our product. And um, we're offsetting, as I said, in the community service costs as well. So these types of numbers start to make sense when you're building out a business case more than um, we got 50 online reviews. Like, hey, uh, Vinay from Trustradius would say, like, that's a big deal. But there are other business metrics and ways that you can speak outside of just marketing to make all of this like click and make more sense to your leadership team. We have great executive sponsorship of our program. Um, and we've done this, as I shared, by aligning what we're doing in advocacy and advocate marketing with executive level goals. So these are things like understanding, um, for me, the top-down initiative to dramatically improve the client experience. Like, check that box, we are doing that. So now every time that I talk to my leader, our president, um, I align our work to um, ladder up to that company-wide goal. If your company is less transparent, there are still ways that you can figure out how what you're doing um, ladders up and how it connects to something that other people care about. Because as you sit in your own silo, in your own team, um, it's easy to say, yeah, okay, so I have goals this year around online reviews and on the number of clients that are part of our program, that I can promise you up and down uh, that our president really could like care less about that. What she wants to know is how 
is the community, how are our clients impacting our business as a whole and her priorities. Um, this is something, I know it's a lot of words, but I did uh, want to make sure that I shared it with you. It came from Bill Lee, who runs the Center for Customer Engagement, and he, I thought, shared recently a really good framework for uh, demonstrating how you fit in uh, to your executive leadership team. Um, here it starts with a, an overall statement, I lead customer advocacy, or I lead um, the marketing, I lead experiential marketing. Um, and this is what we do, and this is how it fits in to what your company goals are. So these are just some examples. You know, I lead customer advocacy um, that's critical to growth, that provides input into our strategy and product team, that um, provides testing for our new products. Like, figure out what it is, um, and then frame every single one of your conversations this way. If I came in and said, I leave customer advocacy. We have 6,000 clients that are really excited about what we're doing, and um, I put challenges in this program called Influitive, and then they do stuff for us. Like, that is part of what I do, sure, sure. But that doesn't have the same impact as being able to explain it in words and terms um, that resonate and demonstrate that you are really part of the whole here. So I did want to make sure. I think this is really, really valuable. And as you grow, uh, you also have the opportunity to help your stakeholders share this opportunity with clients. So this is a great way to grow your program, to expand, to bring in new users, and to also start to change how your peers within your organization think about engaging with your clients and what the opportunity is like in front of them. Huge for sales, having advocacy as part of the way that you do business can be a big differentiator in the market um, because they can talk to prospects and say, um, by the way, when you sign with us, you'll also be able to provide product feedback along the way. We'll give you the chance to have exclusive opportunities at events. We'll hear you. We'll bring your voice in. And you have a really direct way of like backing that up and, and ensuring that you're telling the truth, too. Um, service operations, client success, same thing. It's an opportunity for them to engage their clients in a unique way um, while also providing this really um, interesting opportunity for them to engage with us. Tech stack, as I said, it's important. Um, here are a couple things to think about. Um, we use some, not all, and obviously there's a lot more in terms of what you can add. I think there's great automation capability out there as you think about advocacy, as you think about reference programming, um, community components, uh, but this is something as you begin to build a program, as you begin to establish your program, that you can start to ask uh, for a little bit more funding to be able to do things more efficiently, grow faster, grow better. With the new reality we find ourselves in light of COVID-19, are you looking for inspiration on how you can adapt your messaging and models across multiple channels? With the 2020 Campaign Optimization Series, we'll be showcasing timely and targeted sessions to help you navigate this uncertain time, including topics on how to adapt the right content and messaging, developing scalable direct mail campaigns, and how to create human-to-human -human engagement in a time of social distancing, plus much more. The week-long virtual event is taking place May 11th through the 15th, and will feature everything you need to ensure a successful marketing pivot. 
Get registered and start building your agenda today by visiting cos.b2bmx.live. That's cos.b2bmx.live. Now we're gonna talk about expanding. So as you think back, you've identified your advocates, you have your um, executives pumped up about what you're doing because it really is like very happy and awesome and like driving business outcomes. Um, and now it's time to expand. And this is where um, I want to bring a challenge to you if you sit in marketing, um, which I imagine many of us do. Um, it's very easy for advocacy to become advocate marketing and become something that is a, only a funnel for testimonials or for client studies or for um, video content. Uh, my challenge to you is to really think about how you can position your clients and the work that you do in a way that um, more people will care. You'll obviously get more attention, more funding through the program, and because you're driving value outside of your own like very special silo that you sit in and like love and work in. Um, but that's my challenge to you is to think about how you could see yourself and your work in some of these other places. For us, one of the biggest use cases of client advocacy is for our product team. Um, we connect clients to um, opportunities to get feedback. Anytime a UX team has an opportunity for a study, it comes through directly through our program. Um, it's really simplified the process for engaging clients before um, our advocate community. Um, it's scary, it's not funny. Um, our product team and our client success team averaged 13 emails back and forth to get one client to sign up for one feedback session one time. So you think about that, at a large company, we have dozens of solutions. This was a problem, and it's something that we've been able to mitigate. Um, and now, our UX team, like they weren't thrilled at first to make the change and have to come to me versus going to client success. Like this is not the way that we do things. We need to talk to the people that know the clients. Um, but now they come running to our team for every study, every time, because they found not only is this like much easier than sending 13 emails, they probably sent me like one or two, um, but the clients that they talk to um, are generally more engaged. Like they're the ones that have indicated that they want to be part of an advocate community, that they want to do stuff like this, and specifically like I want to do this UX study that you're putting in front of me. Like that is exciting, that's something that I want to be a part of. So they found um, a ton of benefit that way as well. And of course, this is very scalable. Um, and as the speaker said before, a big part of this was um, being a great partner. So me personally, the people on my team, um, really just doing the thankless work, being a great partner, providing a great level of experience, um, and it certainly has paid off for many of these groups, but product in particular. Client success, as I shared, is another um, huge opportunity, I think, for advocates, advocate marketing. Um, we leverage our advocates more specifically to get feedback on our model of client success. Um, we moved from like a more traditional account management model to this client success model about a year and a half ago. And we were able to have clients as part of that process 
to ensure that our messaging hit the mark, that we weren't missing anything, um, and now they're able to recognize their team um, that, you know, that serves them with client success, um, as well as being able to be like, fundamentally part of that shift and part of that process. Um, here is kind of interesting too, there are different ways to measure success. We look at NPS scoring, so it's easy for us to say in our advocate community, what does our NPS score look like versus not? That's um, higher, I'll tell you more about that later. Um, and we, you know, our offsetting service cases, a big thing for them was that we're taking a lot of administrative work off their plate. Um, this is a team specifically that, um, not to like rag on them, but we heard a lot of like screaming from that team of, you know, we're not able to do what we need to do. We're bogged down in too much email. Um, we're, we don't have time um, to really be effective. So by listening and kind of hearing um, that yelling going on, um, we identified places that we could mitigate and help them out. So that's something, don't shy away from the screaming, lean into it um, to see if it's something that you can help out with. Client experience, obviously, that's where I sit. It's very close to my heart. Um, these are things like um, events, cel celebrating our advocates, encouraging them to engage with us um, for the long term, building out loyalty, um, helping our practitioner level advocates really um, improve in their careers, grow in their careers, move to the next step. Um, we've had a lot of clients that are learning so much about HCM through this partnership. Um, that they're getting promoted, which is great, that they're moving on to bigger and better companies um, and are able to make more of a difference. Um, and for us in client experience, that's like, exactly what we want to see. Here are a couple examples from um, one of our conferences of some really exciting client experiences that we are able to offer our advocates as thank yous for um, being part of the program um, with us. The top right, um, our keynote that year was Goldie Hawn, which was super exciting. Um, and Jamie is one of our advocates that engages with us a lot on um, product feedback sessions. It's a huge Goldie Hawn fan. We were able to get her in the front row, get her in the meet and greet, um, and now she is more engaged than ever. Uh, the next group I want to talk about is learning and training, and this is something um, we found through some research at ADP that, again, I thought was really interesting and a good take home here. Um, what our enterprise learning team found, learned, was for every 20% of training that a client takes, they open 16 less service tickets in their first year. I have to like, say that really carefully because Leo would like kill me if I said it wrong. Um, but that's what we found. Uh, so training directly correlates to their service experience and directly correlates to um, the load that our service teams are taking on. So very important, obviously, to ensure that clients are completing the amount of learning that they need to during the onboarding experience to be successful. Here with our advocates, we leverage the program to help fill gaps in this learning experience. We encourage them to take training that we know is really important. We incentivize that process for them. Um, but we also leverage advocacy to get feedback on the learning experience. So you imagine um, human capital management. If you're implementing a few modules, it's a really 
um, large software implementation that's going to touch a lot of um, employees. So ensuring that our training is spot on for our clients and that they are experiencing um, what we want them to experience in the onboarding process. Our advocates have been really invaluable to ensure that that is the case. Sales, of course, I saved um, the last two I think are particularly relevant to folks in this room, sales and marketing. Um, here's your opportunity to grow your reference program. So bring your references in, engage them, give them cool opportunities, bring in your detractors, um, neutrals who aren't as excited, but give them the opportunity to engage with you and give feedback and move up um, into potential referenceability. Our sales team um, loves that, obviously, about our advocacy program. That's actually part of why we started the program was to build our number of referenceable clients. Um, so that's huge. We also have a huge focus um, with our advocates of building our online review and our market presence with social. So uh, we have our clients leave reviews for us on sites like Trustradius. They're here, G2. Um, Gartner Peer Insights, we connect clients with um, other analysts as needed. And then we also have our clients sharing our content on social all the time. Um, and it's obviously all content that we get to decide um, what to put out um, and how to put it out. And our clients are happy to be part of that process as well. And marketing, of course. Um, I know I said at the beginning that it shouldn't stay in marketing. I really do stand by that. Um, but an advocacy program certainly will increase um, your success stories, your case studies, your testimonial content, um, opportunities for webinars, events, social. Like You will build and engage this population of people who are excited enough about what you're doing that they want to raise their hand for more opportunities and they want to be part of um, opportunities that will also benefit your team um, in the marketing space. Um, from there, as you think through with me, we identified our advocates, not just promoters, looked at neutrals, detractors as well. Uh, we gained executive buy-in, we served tactical roles, we built out uh, opportunities to partner throughout the business. We like broke through our silo, really exciting. Um, the last key component here is continuing to articulate the value that you're driving. Um, and I think the team here prior did a great job of um, explaining how you um, can really articulate what you're doing and how you're doing it well over time. Um, so here is um, something I'm really proud of. There are some you know, vanity metrics at the top in terms of what our community looks like today. Um, we have, and actually as of this morning, that number is up to like 6,300 client advocates that have joined. Um, that means that we have most of our clients represented in the program by at least one user. We're seeing social sharing, we're seeing testimonials, we're seeing webinar registrations, online reviews. Um, product feedback. Um, what I'm most proud of is probably this middle two on the bottom. Um, we're still offsetting that administrative work for our teams. We do see a higher NPS. Um, and remember, these are not just promoters, so it's like a kind of fair um, assessment here. We see a higher NPS for offsetting service costs. 
Uh, we're supporting seven business units um, based on the success that we've seen. Um, our company has built out five more advocate communities to serve niche spaces within our organization. Um, and to me, that all comes down to how we have articulated the value of the program um, to align with business objectives versus marketing objectives. So it's really transforming the way that we at ADP think about engagement, think about advocacy, and think about the value of our clients. Um, here, too, is a bit of um, stats here on what happened when we opened access to all of our clients. This was a learning experience for us. We started, um, as most advocacy programs do, with only promoters, invite-only, like very tight, small group. Um, and then in, in 2017, summertime, we opened the program, so it's now integrated within our product. Any client who is using the system can come in, click to join, um, and they come through right away. They're faced with opportunities to advocate on our behalf. Um, that led to significant growth for us. And again, it's provided us a really unique blend of promoters, neutrals, and detractors. And that has been very valuable in terms of feedback because um, we couldn't do a lot of what we're doing if we didn't have balance in the program. So if our product team only ever talked to like our promoters and our really happy clients, like they may have a great day every day, but it's not going to help make our product any better. So this has become um, fundamentally important. Um, and we have seen, I'll like knock on wood here, but we've seen pretty much no fallout, no negative um, response, reaction to opening the program. Because even if today I hate ADP, I at least am engaged enough, and I want to see it better. If you think about Nikki, she's on her computer running payroll. She knows you know, they're in a contract with us. They're going to keep, she's going to keep running payroll on the screen. Um, so instead of finding it, this gives her an opportunity to be part of the future and part of the iteration and help make her life easier every two weeks, more than that. And finally, uh, connecting advocacy with your whole organization. These are some of the spaces that we work. Um, I would challenge you to think about what areas in your organization struggle with inefficiency, um, could really benefit from product feedback, who maybe aren't getting or aren't using product feedback enough or at all right now, um, and identify ways that you can start to plug in your expertise, your clients, their experience to help um, inform those around you. Because at the end of the day, success in advocacy is truly a partnership between um, our clients, between our organization, between you as a conduit for all of this exciting work. Um, and I do truly believe it's something that we can all accomplish um, with a little bit of effort um, and support throughout your business. So thank you so much for joining me. All right, and there you have it. Again, that was such a fascinating session and to hear that entire journey 
uh, straight from Sarah was really great. And I especially loved the part where she talks about how they're leveraging technology to kind of build the community of advocates. And as she mentioned that they use Influitive to kind of build that community. And they are constantly chatting and, you know, sending their community different content and asking them to do activities on their behalf and, and different types of reporting and things like that. So I know we've actually used that same platform in the past for our B2BMX audience as well. So those were some really great insights. Yeah, and I think it really letters up to the bigger reason why ADP Story is so successful that, you know, there's consistency and there's scale there. So the technology isn't just technology for technology's sake, it all serves a purpose. And they're creating these tactics, these uh, resources, to your point, to really create a back and forth and an ongoing engagement with their clients. And, And they're constantly adding value, which I think at the end of the day is so crucial. Absolutely. I mean, at the end of the day, it's really not about just reaching out to customers and asking them to do a video tutorial or video testimonial. I mean, you really have to engage them in a more authentic way for them to want to give back. Yep, absolutely. So community first, think authenticity, think beyond the scope of just one-off projects, really make it an ongoing dialogue. I think this has been Really great, Claudia. Um, and again, super glad that Sarah approached us for this opportunity. Um, and hopefully everyone out there got some tactical takeaways as well. So with that, hope you all enjoyed this session from Sarah at ADP. And be sure to stay tuned for our next episode where we'll spotlight more B2B success stories, tactics, and best practices. And most of all, if you have any feedback for us, ideas for an upcoming episode or a guest we should feature, please feel free to reach out to us on on uh, social media at uh, BWMX on Twitter. And as always, if you haven't subscribed, please do so. We're available on iTunes, Spotify, frankly, wherever you listen to podcasts. Take care, everyone. Have a nice day.